Hello and welcome to the Weird Geeks Horror Show, where every Friday we'll be covering another installment in a classic horror franchise. Go to weirdgeeks.com and weirdgeeks on iTunes to check out our other podcast series, social medias, Twitch streams, contact details and news on our very own feature films, albums, shorts and more that are currently in production for our publisher, We Are Tessellate. We Are Geeks is not affiliated with any of the rights holders of the films referenced and no infringement is intended. Riders on the storm Riders on the storm into this house Geeks! Born. Geeks! Geeks! Hello and welcome back to the Wee Show where every single Friday we take you through another installment of the classic horror retrospective franchise. I'm your host and taking us throughout all of those Hitcher and sort of Hitcher movies. And what, oh hang on, we're doing other stuff after. Joyride, driving stuff, cars, things, is Heaven DeVera. Hello. And Christina Masterson. Hi. Hi guys, thanks for coming back after last week. <laughs> Thought I might lose you both. <laughs> One of the worst experiences I've had in a long time doing this show, to be honest, last week. That was I was, I was like, looking back on it, I was like, there's not even much joy. Like, sometimes you watch something horrible and it's horrible in the moment, but when you look back on it, it's like a horrible... You know, like when something bad happens to you in life and it's terrible, but you look back and you're like, actually, that's kind of enjoyable to think back on. Yeah, you don't no. get any... Yeah. No joy thinking back on last week's movie. Let's not think about it. Mm-mm. Although, other than I will say, I do keep, like, now when I see killers in movies, like, I want every scene for them to just be in fancy dress, like, the location that they're in. <laughs> I did enjoy him turning up in different costumes. <laughs> we're here to talk about High Women that came out in 2004. We're going to explain why we're covering it in a second. It gets a 5.7 out of 10 on the old IMDb. But if you're new to us, hello, welcome. Head on out to weirdgeeks.com. Oh, probably not because as Christina is discovering many problems with that site. <laughs> but, <laughs> but don't worry, we're taking care of it and we'll be there. We'll, we'll be with you shortly. But you can go to our social media, and more importantly, you can go to iTunes, you can go to your podcast app, subscribe, rate us, helps us out a whole damn bunch, because we do all of this for free, we don't do patrons, we don't do banner ads, and we're not going to try and sell you any... Thing. Cars. <laughs> what did you... Did you say cop? Like the fish? Well, I mean, yeah, cod. I said cars, but we're also not going to sell you any uh, cod. <laughs> you said cop. Like, sure. Cool. I mean, that was terrible, but it better than last week. So we're on a gradual upslide, let's hope. We're going to talk about a movie that is not The Hitcher or Joyride or Jewel. We're just throwing in all these extra ones for free. It's like, you're so fucking lucky. But this is a year later than The Hitcher 2, I've Been Waiting. And this is directed by Robert Harmon, who is the guy who, of course, directed the original The Hitcher movie, which we all enjoyed favorably. Go back and listen to that podcast. That was a that was a joy to review, let me tell mm-hmm. you. And I hope we get some other joys in this series, but we'll find out. And yeah, he made this movie a year later. We'll get into some of the facts about why, but it is definitely a spiritual successor to the original Hitcher, which is why I felt it was important to include here. We'll see if you guys agree or not once we, when we get to it. But before we do, we like to look at the landscape that was the year 2004. Somebody has the top 10 worldwide box office of that year. Me. I do. How shocker. Exciting. Shocker, shocker. Okay. 2004. Number 10, we have National Treasure. <laughs> wow. Do you wow. know what that is? Yeah, yeah, I love that movie. I think I saw it's it in the Nicolas theaters. Cage, Indiana Jones knockoff movies. There are two of them. Oh, 
keep talking about it. Okay, okay. American icons. Number nine, which I remember, is the Polar Express terrifying have you seen this recently it's terrifying i haven't seen it recently but uh, i i grew like i think my dad used to read me the book or something so i was excited to see the movie but i don't know this is robert zamicus with steven spielberg it's really scary Mm. like the cgi in it is that kind of like uncanny valley you know they're trying to be super hyper realistic with it Mm. and it's really creepy and i think tom hanks plays like four different characters in that movie really i think so interesting I guess I'll have to watch it again. So number eight, we have Shark Tale. Oh my God, I love that movie. That got to number eight. That was like the Finding Nemo knockoff, basically. It would have the sexy Angelina Jolie fish. (laughs) (laughs) Was that an important moment in your life? I think so. I think it might have been. I watched that movie a lot as a kid. (laughs) I mean, it was was fine. It's just shocking when you remember this era when National Treasure... And fucking Shark, uh, Tale. Shark Tale get into the top 10 worldwide box office. That's crazy. Okay. Uh, usually I have I have this like opened up with my with IMDb so I could see like the actors and so it could remind me of what movie I'm looking at. But I don't know. It's not it's not lining up. So I have nothing That's to cool. contribute it's... to any of these things. Okay. Number seven. We have... I'm glad you just I'm glad you're just illuminating your failure this week. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, so number seven, we have The Born Supremacy. Is that a Bond movie or something? Is it? What? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, honestly, you no. both just fucking punking me every week. Like, two weeks ago, no. you didn't know Aliens. This is why I need I need my photos. Born, you know the Born movies, the it's Jason Matt Damon, Bourne movies. Right? Like, the Born oh, Identity. Oh, The Born Supremacy. I guess that's that's Matt Damon? Right? Isn't yes. it? Yes. Of and he yes. shaves his head. He shaves his head in it, I think. You know, the Bond identity, the Bond supremacy, the Bond uh, ultimatum, then the Bond legacy, which wasn't him, it was Jeremy Renner, and then just Jason Bond when they sort of redid it. What? How do you... You've heard of the character Bond, right? Yes. Good. Then we're all happy. Let's move <laughs> I'm going to take a guess at this one, too. Number six, we have The Day After Tomorrow. Is that like a Tom Cruise one? Isn't it? No. Uh, Will Smith? <laughs> no. Am I thinking Independence Day? No, this was like this was at the tail end of the yeah of the Independence Day style huge like it, it, this was environmental disaster stuff which was Roland oh. Emmerich steel and he would do like the big like catastrophes you know take out and day after tomorrow was when the ice age turns up <laughs> it turns up like in a blink <laughs> really oh yeah. new york and washington i see it now i, I found it uh dennis I mean, I actually, Quaid, jake gyllenhaal uh, emmy rosem i kind of really want to go back to this movie because i it's really cheesy it's good oh no it's bad. no 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 it's, it's kind of cheesy but i mean all those movies are that's why they're disaster movies but we don't yeah. really get that anymore i think 2012 was the last big disaster movie oh, no. really hit i know san they do andreas. like san andreas and stuff yeah. yeah but san andreas was like it was definitely smaller scale like the kind mm. of ones that are worldwide you know huge things mm. yeah. well number five we have the <laughs> like well couldn't care how <laughs> let's move on down <laughs> we have incredibles which i i know what this Aww. is i never watched it actually the family it's- of superheroes yeah pixar yeah. Pixar when they were still on the up and up and up and up, I think, before they started to get a little bit, I don't know. I don't think there is hit after hit anymore. Mm. Oh. Mm. 
Number four. <laughs> today, I tell Good. you, nice today is an interesting day. Number four, we have Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. I watched this movie in theaters. I, I watched a lot of these movies in theaters. I'm glad I could finally like contribute, guys. I mean, this is the this is the best one. This is the third one. Oh, the fourth one's the best. No, incorrect. <laughs> third one's the best. The third one's directed by fucking Alfonso Cuaron, who uh, had done. It's really weird. Before he did Harry Potter, he did Eat to Mama Bien, like and your mother too, which is like oh. a real sex road trip. And they somehow took him from that. To, oh, that's the one you see. You what? see the sex road trip, but nothing else. That <laughs> yeah, came out. I didn't see Harry Potter. What? They, he went from directing that to directing Harry Potter. Yes. And That's then after hilarious. that, do you know? Do you know what he did? What? Huh. Do you know? <laughs> is that an answer? <laughs> Tell us. Huh. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, I'm trying to see if there's something else I'm missing in between. Yeah, there is in between. So yeah, he went from. I mean, he did Great Expectations, that Ethan Hawke uh, mm. version, modern version, before mm. he did Itumama Thambia. Then he did Harry Potter, and then after Harry Potter, directly he did Children of Men. <laughs> Oh, then he did Gravity, mm. and then he did Roma. Oh wow, wow! Yeah, he is a serious, Great. fantastic uh, yeah. Oscar-winning director, and he directed the third Harry Potter. And I remember when the third Harry Potter came out because I hadn't enjoyed the first two because they just look visually terrible. The first two, they're kind of like pantomimey. Like the stories mm. are great, but like they've just visually looked bad. And then that third one came out. And I was like, oh wow, this is really great. And it's because yeah, you got a proper director <laughs> behind it. Wow. Um, Mm. Um, nice. And <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. Whatever. Guys, Let's move on to <laughs> number three, The Passion of Christ. I never watched this either. Was it that good? Was it good? Did you watch this? Number three, The Passion of Christ. It's The Passion of Christ. I oh, mean, director Mel Gibson. Really? Yeah. I mean, we're going to be talking about this movie because this is starring the same guy who's starring in our movie that we're talking about this is jim what Cav- uh Cav- 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 the young guy the young guy the main guy he was oh. he was wow. the main he's dude christ in- oh. he's jesus that's oh. how he's known that's i mean why that's why he he's so famous familiar. it's because he is jesus oh my christ. gosh he did it the same year as yes this is the movie the highwayman is the movie he made what? directly before passion of christ which was obviously a huge winner made tons of money won a lot of awards and Katie did the research. Like, he is wow. super religious. He's a very religious boy. Are you serious? Very religious. Like, he's hyper-Catholic. Some quite ter- <sighs> terrifying remarks online about medicinal things, pro-life things. Oh, my uh, God. The roles he's going to do. How he feels about the sin of doing a sex scene in a movie and stuff like this. Oh, my God. I thought he was a little weird, I do got to say. I thought he was. A, I picked up on some psycho. Okay, I don't remember acting. the name of it. There's something he's wearing at the beginning of this movie, apparently, that Katie was like, he's wearing something that looks a lot like this religious thing that you wear. I can't remember what it was called. And then she looked it up and it was like, yep, he's super religious. So he clearly wanted to like bring that into the character in some way. Where what what was he wearing? Was it? Are we gonna, t- we'll talk about it I'll later. Okay, 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 we'll save it. We'll save it. We'll save the good stuff for later. Okay. <laughs> now we're waking up, guys. Number two, we have Spider Man Two. Is this the upside down kiss? <gasps> oh my god! Is this what? The upside down kiss. The yeah, well done. It is. Uh, was it, that the first one or second one? This one. First one. There was. I thought there were more than one upside down kiss. He loves doing everything upside down. <laughs> it's a nightmare. <laughs> That's the best one out of that trilogy for sure. And number one, we have, wow, Shrek 2. Is this <gasps> right? That was such a good movie. Yeah. 
I mean, that makes sense. Shrek used to make tons of money. Wow. Tons of, tons of, tons of money. But I mean, the notebook came out this year too. And why is it at number 32, <laughs> guys? I don't understand. <laughs> the notebook was so good as well. What a good year for movies. <laughs> and along came Polly and Mean Girls. What the yeah, hell? I mean, <laughs> they're not going to compete against Shark Tale and National <laughs> Treasure. Jeez. <laughs> that really tells us a lot, actually, about the time. 2004. What a weird era. That was very illuminating. Thank you, Christina. You're Heaven, welcome. you got the spookies. So first on this list is Alien versus Predator. Alien as in one singular alien. We have covered it. You can listen to it in our Predator show thing. Anacondas, The Hunt for the Blood Orchid. We have not covered it. We might get to Anacondas one day. Who knows? Club Dread. <laughs> this is Broken Lizard. This is the same team who do the Super Troopers movies, the Canadian sort of group. Uh, I, I used to quite like this. It's very bad. It's really bad, but it's quite funny in a stupid way. It's basically, I know what you did last summer, the parody. That's what it is. Like, it, oh no, sorry. It's I still know what you did last summer because it's set on the tropical island. Christina, you remember Ooh, that? Oh, yes, Black. I remember. It's exactly that, but where they're playing it for laughs the whole time. Oh, we should have watched that. <laughs> I'm nope, down. You get to watch The Hitcher 2. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, the next up on the list is Creep. Uh, there's quite a lot of films called Creep. I think this is the British one trapped in the underground. Uh, it's got Franco Patente from Run, Lola Run starring in it. And it's pretty good, actually. I like this. It's kind of a little hidden gem. Mm. Cube Zero. We will get to these. There are three Cube films. Uh, the first one was very important. It was a very important indie horror film, that where they horror sci-fi film where they really used very small budget to very smart um, use. <laughs> that was a good sentence. Uh, yeah, and then they did two others, which are mm, not as good. But first one's excellent. Dead Birds. This is a kind of an artful, low-budget indie Western horror, um, and it's nice, actually. I quite like it. Exorcist The Beginning. Yeah, one day we'll get to the Exorcist films as well. This is the unique film that we've mentioned a few times because they actually made the film with a director and then the studio wasn't happy with it. So they fired the director. They brought in a more a, a completely opposing sort of commercial director to reshoot the entire film, but using almost all of the same cast and the same script. Um, and then they ended up releasing both versions of the film. So you can watch the same film with basically the same cast, with basically the same script twice, but from two different directors and see how radically different the two versions are. Spoilers, they're both terrible, but for very <laughs> different reasons. <laughs> Shoot. I, I got really excited about this one. <laughs> it's really fascinating. No, it's like if you do acting or you're directing or anything in the film industry, I do recommend people watch both of them because it's really interesting to see just how differently things can be handled. Mm. Mm. The eye too. Excellent. This one, Pang uh, Brothers, is from Bangkok, from Thailand, but they're actually Hong Kong directors. First one's really spooky. The first one was remade in America with Jessica Alba playing it about someone gets eye surgery and they get someone else's eyeball put in, but then the eyeball's haunted, essentially. This one <laughs> has a woman who's pregnant and her pregnant, her baby in her belly is haunted. And it is like, yeah. If you're a woman who's pregnant, definitely don't watch it. This and inside. <laughs> Jeez. Ginger sweet. Snaps 2, Unleashed. These were some of the Ginger first indie, indie feminist horror, really, um, where they were doing werewolf movies, but about where they're trying to talk about female sexuality and, and uh, deal with yeah, lots of lesbian themes, lots of uh, coming <laughs> of age Evan's themes. excited. 
No, I don't. Yeah. Huh. I don't partake. <laughs> I don't partake. No. Alice Ginger- Changer podcast. <laughs> Ginger snaps back the beginning. And that's another one. They did two. And then, yeah. In the same wow. year. Yeah, why mm-hmm. not? <laughs> when you got a hit, you got a hit, Christina. That's true. Okay, that's Keep true. the party going. The grudge. There are, I mean, obviously many, many grudges. Many grudges. I think this would be the cinematic. Oh, no, actually, would this be the first time it came to America, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, it would be, wouldn't it? This would be the American remake, The Grudge. But they came from Japan. There were literally like 14 Grudge films. It's ridiculous, if not more. Oh, my gosh. Malevolent. This was a low-budget indie a slasher movie. It's actually pretty cool. They then made two more way later, which I've never actually seen, but I've heard not as great. Yeah. Mm. Resident Evil Apocalypse. Yeah, I mean, you know, the Resi film. Although I say obviously the Resi films, but you fuckers don't know what Aliens is and you've not heard of <laughs> just crazy shit. So like, Resident, Resident Evil, yeah. Saw. Yeah, I presume you know what Saw is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very good. Seed of Chucky. Of the torture oh, okay. We've covered uh, Seed of Chucky, so you can go back and listen to our feelings on that. That is Ali's favorite movie of all time. Oh, man. Shaun of the Dead. This is and this is legitimately Shannon's favorite movie of all time. <laughs> wow! It no, but it actually—I was being sarcastic before about uh, Ali. But this is actually Shannon's favorite, and it's super. This is probably the greatest horror comedy of all time. Mm. Tremors Four: The Legend Begins. I do love a Tremors. I mean, Christina, and when we do these like group texts about what shows we're covering, that's the one that Christina's always like. If you do Tremors, I'm in. <laughs> apparently, <laughs> I, it means I something grew to- up on Tremors. Really? What's mm-hmm. it about? Things under the ground that go bump. I don't like that. <laughs> it's basically like if you imagine Jaws, but set in a desert. With um, Kevin Bacon. Yeah, but with more humor. And like Doomsday Preppers. Oh my yes, God. exactly. I, They're big, big worms. Yeah, very big worms. But it's literally just, it's yours, like they're all on top of the houses and trying to like not touch the ground. Because if you make a tremor, if you do a vibration, they know you're there and then they come and get you. Yep. That's so wild. Okay. The and village. they're still making them to this day. <laughs> no, they're not. Yeah, they are. What do you mean? Christina. I don't know how else to say that sentence. They're still making the movies to this day. How many do they have so far? They're up to like seven, I think it is. What? Why have I never auditioned for this? <laughs> I am a very angry. Rethink your life. Oh, oh my man. God. Well, hopefully after this whole thing's over, I could, you know. Beyond Tremors. Reach out. And they did a whole TV show as well. What? Yeah. But was Kevin Bacon in it? No. He's not in any of them other than the first one, I believe. They do keep, you, you know, the gun guy in the first one who's really into guns? The guy, the dooms, doomsday prepper. The one with the big mustache. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's like, he's the, he's now like the iconic character from the series because oh, he's, cool. he's in all of them. Oh, wow. And then they bring in that guy from Scream, you know, the funny guy who knows, who's the geeky funny guy, Randy. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he's the other guy who's in quite a lot of it. Who, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Do you think I? The funny, the you think guy. I hold on to that knowledge? Once I we transfer it over to you, it leaves my brain. <laughs> <laughs> the last film on this list is The Village. I'm kidding, not really. Um, <laughs> my brain is small. <laughs> yeah, the Village. This is M Night Shyamalan Ding Dong's movie. 
Um, <laughs> it's good. <laughs> I don't know. What do you say about the village? People love it. People hate it. It's complicated. It's got merit for sure. Hang on, so I'm, I'm just I'm just trying to send Christina a picture of Randy from Scream right now. That's what I'm more taken up with. This is unacceptable. There you go, Randy. Oh, Randy! He was oh, the nice Randy. friend. He wasn't a killer. He no, got I killed. said like the nerdy. Yeah, he gets killed. Yeah. Oh, poor Randy. And then they keep trying to bring him back in like video messages. Yeah, like, that's because right, they're that's like, right, oh, we shouldn't right. have killed him. <laughs> that's right. <Jeez>. That's right. <laughs> well, there you go. So what was happening? Lots of films. <laughs> I'm trying to remember anything you just said. I mean, that's a real hodgepodge of stuff. There's a lot of indie movies, though. I mean, it, this was kind of... I'm not going to say a dearth, but it was a bit of a weird time for horror. They're about to adjust into the um, torture porn after Saw came out and things were going to get nasty for a little bit before we mm-hmm. got into spookies. But we had left the sort of 90s slasher era. So there was a little mix of stuff coming out. And yeah, in that mix, we had The Hitcher 2 in 2003... And then High Women in 2004, like we said, directed by Robert Harmon. Now, between this and The Hitcher, he'd actually only done three other films. Can you believe that? What films? For cinema. He did Nowhere to Run, which is Jean-Claude Van Damme action film, which he did pretty soon Mm. after The Hitcher. He did a horror film called They, which is actually okay at the time. I quite liked it at the time. Now you go back, you're like, meh. But it had mood again. I think he's good at mood, you know? Mm -hmm. He did one other film, which wasn't very important. But this is the fourth... I mean, he did other stuff. He did some TV and he did a couple of TV movies. But this is his fourth cinematic movie since 1980. What was it? Six or something? It's like nearly 20 years. Like a long time. This was written by Craig Mitchell and Hans Bauer. They're the team... Well, Craig Mitchell helped out on Komodo. Hans Bauer wrote Komodo. He also wrote Anaconda. He wrote Titan AE, that animated movie. He wrote... Anaconda to Hunt for the Blood Orchid, which Heaven just uh, mentioned. Uh, it was DP'd by Rene Ohashi. This guy did a bunch of the Wonder Years. Uh, he did Nikita, the TV show, and he mm. was working with Robert Harmon on They. And then mm. we got music by Mark Isham, who again, huge musician, did Made in America, River Runs Through It, Save the Last Dance, The Majestic, Racing Stripes, The Mist, The Crazies, The Accountant, Cloak and Dagger, Once Upon a Time, A Dog's Journey recently doing the upcoming Bill and Ted Face of Music, and of course did the original Hitcher. So we got the original musician and the original director back okay. from that original movie. Starring Jim Caviezel. I still don't know how you say his fucking name. As crazy James eyes. Rennie Craig. Yeah. <laughs> he's got crazy eyes. The guy who likes to stare. Oh, he's a, <laughs> yes. Just like Jesus did. He was known for being in the Thin Red Line at this point. He was the lead in The Thin Red Line, pretty much, which is a great war movie from Terence Malick that people should check out. He was in Pay It Forward. He was also in The Count of Monte Cristo. And then, yes, he was just doing Passion of Christ. So his career was about to either go up or down, depending on how you feel about it. I was looking at what he's done after Passion of Christ. I mean, he works a lot. I wouldn't say any of it's that interesting. He was in that TV show, Person of Interest. You know, it was on for a little bit. And right now, guys, I don't want to get everyone too excited. But in pre-production right now, he is teaming up once again with Mel Gibson for the sequel called The Passion of Christ Resurrection. Wait, so he won an award for The Passion of Christ? I'm sure he did. I mean, I know it was like, it was was Oscar nominated for something. Oh, it was was Oscar nominated? Wow. I didn't know that. It must have been. It was massive. Like, it was such a big movie. Wow. We should probably watch it. No, I mean, if you're fine. <laughs> I mean, if you know the story, then you're fine. 
It's a Jesus I, Yeah, I don't know. I had enough Jesus growing up. He said some I cool don't things want and anymore. people killed him. <laughs> I forgot what happened at the end of the, the story. What happens? Like the rock moves or whatever? Well, look, this is, <laughs> yeah. hey, don't, don't worry about it because you've got the sequel coming right up. Oh, cool, <laughs> Which cool. is going to deal with the three days after his death. Um, Which so is coming up, excited. actually. It is coming up. We're right in the precipice. The resurrection. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm checking out wow. what Oscar, Oscar's in one. Because we've got nothing better to do. Um, I was um, thinking, guys, you know, if we actually got together for the first watching of this series and we did become a cell, we could have been making a movie right now. Yeah. Oh, true. I've been thinking about that a lot as well. I've been thinking I kind of feel like, because I have like a red camera dragon in my house. I've got lights in my house, like all this stuff. And I'm like, I should just be making Well, don't film. tell the whole world where everything is in your basement. <laughs> <laughs> Keys the underneath the, the mat. <laughs> I'll be gone from five to seven. <laughs> I'm not going nowhere. We got all this equipment and I'm like, yeah, we should be doing something. I know. I mean, we're doing some other stuff. We're doing, um, let's not talk about this. This is just turning into a normal podcast. <laughs> Uh, I, it, it got nominated for a man, bunch man. of Oscars. I don't know if it won. Yeah, so starring him, also starring Rona Mitra as Molly Poole. Uh, she was in Original Party of Five, not the new one. She was in oh. Get Carter, uh, huh. the remake, not the original. She was in Nip Tuck, uh, Boston Legal. She was in the horror film Skinwalkers. She was in hmm. the, I think it's Neil Marshall film, Doomsday. And Underworld, Rise of the Lycans, mm, which I reckon wow. Heaven enjoys those movies. I don't think I, I think I might have just watched the first Underworld. I don't remember if I watched Rise of the Lycans. Wasn't sexy enough for her. <laughs> Not a fan. No sexy fish. <laughs> Unless the movie has fish. a sexy fish, I don't care. <laughs> then you would love Jaws. Mm. Frankie Faison as Will Macklin. He was in Coming to America, White Chicks, Maximum Overdrive, which is actually another car pursuit movie that I'm going to be watching before our wrap up. He's in a nice film called Adam, which I like. He was in The Grudge, which came out this year, the new Grudge. He was in The Wire and Silence of the Lambs. And then we've got Comfior as Fargo, or The Killer, I guess. He's in Chicago, Riddick, Thor, House of Cards, 24, loads and loads of stuff. He's one of those faces you know probably yeah, very well, mm-hmm. but not. Mm-hmm. Budget. <clears throat> Nobody knows. Can't say. I mean, definitely a fair amount. (laughs) Like, there's some money on the screen. I mean, all those car chases and things. Yeah, that was like... This is like 9 million and above. A lot. This is quite a bit. Box office. Domestic, $371,000. Worldwide, 2.5 million. I think even not knowing the budget, we can safely say this was a huge bomb. (laughs) 300,000? Oh my goodness. 371. I mean, nearly oh. 400,000, heaven. Let's Still. not underplay it. Whoa, sorry, guys. Sorry. <laughs> I'll tell you the other way that I can know that this movie didn't do very well. I scoured and I cannot find a single word written about this movie. I mean, there are reviews, don't get me wrong, but nothing about the conception of it. Nothing tying into really the hitcher other than, again, reviews sort of making that connection. Not Robert Harmon in interviews, not the producers or writers in anything, not in written, not in podcast form. No one seems to have ever talked. I'm not sure this movie exists. Like, honestly. Oh, it it exists. I mean, it took about an hour and a half of my life last night. 
That's, hour and 20 minutes. That's Very right. short. Hour and 21. <laughs> they keep it nippy. I don't know. I mean, we've talked about movies before where I've said, like, I can't find anything about this, but I can find something. Honest to God, there is nothing about this movie other than two tiny facts that I have at the end. The hell? You said and that you really had lots of facts for me today. I know. I was being sarcastic. Uh, <laughs> two. <laughs> it's two not enough. No. I was upset because I was excited to review this movie. Not because necessarily I love it. I've seen it once before way back in 2005 when it came out on DVD. I remembered not loving it. I didn't remember hating it. So I had very little recollection whatsoever. <laughs> but the fact it's obviously... I mean, a year, we, we all work in the film industry. We understand a correlation of if The Hitchcock 2 comes out in 2003, a year is a very tight turnaround for mm-hmm. someone to go, fuck this movie, this is shit, I'm going to do my version, but without the property license anymore, write this, get the script made, written, or find a script that's similar, go out there, get the money, blah, 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 and get it made and put it out. It's possible. Unlikely. But it is weird timing, right? That The Hitcher 2 came out and then a year later mm-hmm. we're getting this from the director of The Hitcher 1. Well, I wonder if uh, he was already working on it. Well, yeah. I mean, he probably heard they were doing The Hitcher 2. My mm-hmm. guess is he would have been in some way in the conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, like they 2000. must have offered it to him in the beginning. And we know from last week's, there was, weirdly, there's information about The Hitcher 2, but not about this movie. And I really wanted to see something, some insight into him, like talking about, yes, he wanted to do his version of of that story because there's a lot of similarities here. I think it's very clear this could be, if you just tweaked a few things, this could easily be a sequel to The Hitcher, at least as easily as The Hitcher 2 was, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, But no, nothing. So we just go go straight into the movie. Sorry, guys. We're going to open with something that really took me back. I don't think heaven will be uh, remembering these times. Maybe Christina will. Her life is hazy, so who knows? Um, (laughs) This is that period of time where every movie... The MTV cuts? Basically, they all started like they were seven. Like, Do you remember the opening for seven? It was like this big moment in film where opening credits changed from just being opening credits to, oh, they could be yeah MTV, like artistic and stuff. Mm. Um, somehow, I did not like it. I was I, like, oh no. <laughs> I thought it was a bad sign. It did feel very cheesy. It kind of reminded me of Blair Witch 2 in the beginning. But didn't they do this also in Hitcher 2? These cuts? These they weird did. like cuts? They did, but this is like, this one is Honestly, I was trying to look it up. This could even be like the team who did Seven's opening credits. They did quite a lot of films at that point. Mm-hmm. This could even be the same team I because see. it's mm. ridiculously close to Seven. What's remarkable with Seven... Sorry, I just want to talk about the greatest film of all time, basically. Uh, but what was remarkable with that is that the opening credits for Seven still look amazing. And they were the ones that kicked off that entire style, which we still do now, even in open credits for TV shows and stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this was in that time where everyone was ripping it off. Normally badly. I'm going to agree with you guys. It's not a good sign. It looks cheesy. It's dated here. It's not the worst seven knockoff. I've definitely, mm-hmm. that's why I think it could even be the same team. Like I some see. of the shots are nice. But yeah, we're going to see a lot of, uh, they're going to give us clues to what's been going on. There are dead body accounts caused by highway accidents. Someone's writing something. I don't know why. <laughs> and then they get so, <laughs> yeah, like it, it's so visceral that the pencil breaks and it's like this big cinematic car crash when- sound <laughs> you notice all of that it just becomes a blurred a blurred <laughs> it, it just becomes became a blur. a blur 
That's a very fast bird, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Music kicks in and we get the sound of a car revving. Look, and we get them blurry, stuttery images. Look, I'm going to say this. It does look a little cheesy. (laughs) But in concept again, fine. You know, like... I know, but like when you're coming off of like, okay, you're coming off this as the sequel of Hitcher and that just beautiful opening that they had during Hitcher and like it's was so cinematic and yeah beautiful. That's what I wanted. That's what I was hoping to see again. But then right when I saw that, I was like, oh, they definitely didn't don't have the same cinema photographer if this is what they're going with. I definitely like, I don't know. I think like what Christina just said, there was so much like style, but like, like style, not like style, but just like style. Like it was super duper cool, the opening sequence in Hitcher. And I was expecting that from the director, like another really like gorgeous, like beginning. Like I had really high hopes at the beginning and I, you know, I got a little bit wary seeing that opening sequence for sure. I mean, I'll be honest, I was just coming off the back of Hitcher 2 and I was just happy to see any proficiency <laughs> in editing <laughs> or cinematography. Or like, I was, again, like, yeah, this feels like 2004, but at least it's a step up. Mm-hmm. Um, but look, okay, but what we get immediately after that is we do get a, a really a nice shot. Sure, not as well cinema, um, photographed, but a nice shot of a road at dusk. We get lots of flat lines. They're very traditional shapes. But it was doesn't so look that digital, though, wasn't it? Or was that which is my? I don't know if it's just on my screen. It felt was like, it like very. I just like the whole feel of it. It's like you know when you like it feels very dated, in a way that Hitcher feels very timeless, like already. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, I don't know. Like I, 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 I don't know. felt well. No, but I could feel for me that yeah, you have the kind of you have to have a cool opening like this, and then the next shot. The next shots are more like the Hitcher. They they feel to me like him calling back to the Hitcher. Yeah. And I'm not saying he's succeeding in that, but I think in yeah. his head as a director, he's trying to go back. Um, mm-hmm. And we're getting these, this, another big desert, another red like muscle car from the 60s driving through a desert, but this time it's more of a green desert. It's not as so arid. And I definitely felt like, no, this is definitely him trying to pick up those sort of threads from 18 years ago or however long before um again not saying he's doing as good a job but i was at least comforted by this is his intent with this film at this point Mm -hmm. yeah and we're gonna be introduced to jesus himself who (laughs) pulls off at a mill and this is where we're gonna learn he's a ridiculous cartoon character basically Mm -hmm. who finds engine oil on the ground licks it Oh, I thought that was blood. I also thought that was blood. No. I mean, let's be clear. Don't lick engine oil, but don't lick blood. Why was he licking the engine oil? Like, I don't understand what was... But I feel like that was a very early thousands action hero thing to, like, lick substances you find. I think it's because it's meant to imply, like, how is he following this person? And really, the only explanation we get is he's been following him for a long time so he knows how to follow him but he just seems to know where to pull in constantly and yeah we get these things well have him lick something because then it's like well maybe he knows what the guy's engine oil tastes like so he knows he's can't you just smell it jeez everyone was licking substances though i feel like in these early thousands action movies i don't know how many times i saw like the main lead guy like licking whatever like per like whatever substance he's fine in like a pursuit. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, am I? Yeah. 
<laughs> I do know what you're it saying. It was a theme for 2004. Because licking. It's fucking weird. <laughs> Lead um, men licking. <laughs> Early 2000s. That's how you investigate things, don't you know, Heaven? You gotta lick stuff. It's the only way you know for sure. <laughs> Not at this day and age. You can take that one to the bank. <laughs> He finds a prosthetic arm, throws it in his boot, and then we see there are lots of prosthetic parts that he's been collecting. I don't know why this person is throwing away all this shit. Like, how often does he need to... It's not like a lizard. He's not, like, shedding <laughs> prosthetic parts. Well, what is it, like, every time he kills somebody or gets into an accident, he, like, I don't know, messes up one of his limbs? So he has to fix yeah, it? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Whatever. Prosthetic. Maybe just wants aggressive. to keep looking different. Yeah. Switching up the styles. Oh, you like yeah. you like uh, <laughs> you like it when they wear cool what is it? What do you say? Fancy outfits. You like it when they change into fancy outfits and he's one of them. Oh, yeah. So changing and he's changing his fancy in his arms. own ways. Yeah. Fancy arms. His version. Yeah, we got a choir uh, <laughs> where we're gonna get introduced for a lead lady who's <laughs> I was watching this with Katie. I was like, I think I'm going to spoil this right now, but like maybe the most useless female I've ever seen on the screen. Yeah. <laughs> like, and we're going to introduce her here where she's just, basically she's a hot brunette. That's it. She's like very pretty and she can sing apparently. She's getting eyed up by a guy though in choir. And I got to tell you, just let me know. If any of you are ever like doing it singing practice and you fancy someone, please don't eye them up during choir. It's so creepy. It looks so Well, creepy. I mean, I felt like they were trying to play him as a possible like love interest no like a murderer or something right oh really? i thought that at first though too i thought yeah. he was gonna like try to do some damage yeah no, I didn't get that at all i didn't get that at all i just got just a wide mouthed like Mm-mm. don't stare at people while your mouth is wide open <laughs> it's weird it is kind of weird he asked her if he can drive her home but she's like no alex is gonna take me home who's her friend or who her is sister? alex that's I what i would know. like to know it is her friend i mean i'm guessing it's her friend but i don't understand why she had to call her alex so many times when she got in the car like oh you guys saw alex was my boyfriend well, actually alex is a girl hi alex yeah it was like <laughs> oh, purposely alex. Oh, ambiguous. alex 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 <laughs> like i get it that's she alex. has a name yes <laughs> yeah Damn. I mean, like when I see you, Al, I don't. I'm not like, oh, hey, Al, 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 Al. And she wasn't even there, so it's like it's like if someone isn't around. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is my immediate note here. It's like, look again. I don't mind what's on paper in terms of the setup seems fine, mm-hmm. and some of the photography seems fine, but the acting decisions in this and the dialogue is so immediately bad. And it is very much like that's partly on the actors, but it's definitely the director's not doing a good job here Mm-mm. of getting the right performances out of his actors. Like everything is so hammy. Yeah, it was very confusing in the beginning of what the what it was supposed to be. Yeah, yeah. like what the Multiple. actors were supposed to be doing. Yeah. I was confused. Uh, so yeah, she's going to go off with Alex, and then they're going to find there's a car following them with one headlight who starts flashing at them. He overtakes them. But they can't see inside, and then he passes, and we see that there's a, a wheelchair stuffed in his trunk. Which is like an interesting little detail at this point, until you mm-hmm. learn more about him. Wait, the dialogue before that, too? Ugh, I don't know who wrote this, but, you know, they should win a <laughs> Pulitzer. You. Because that line, she's like, oh, he's just winking at us. He's winking. Like, if a, I don't know. 
I don't get <laughs> anything. I don't get anything. Sorry. No, it's again, it's bad. It's, it's just, so bad. <laughs> it's bad, but it's bad in a very different way from last week. Yes, you know? very yeah. different. Yes, yeah, so, uh, Jim is waiting like fucking Batman. He's parked under a bridge, just tuning into CP radio, just waiting for car danger, basically. And then we're gonna get what I'm gonna say right now. Like, it's a pretty like decent scene where the women run into a wheelchair in a tunnel skid across the road there's a truck in front of them it then careens and crashes into a car that's already crashed in front of them and i'm gonna say this right now like the car elements in Mm -hmm. the film are the best bits in the film it's true they did a really good job with that it felt kind of more like a not it felt more of like a thriller car car movie is that what you call it (laughs) action movie (laughs) like the car really felt like a a monster in this actually mm-hmm. like it did i feel like they utilize like the car being like a part of him or like the car is like a beast really really well yeah yeah i mean we get this cool scene like her and alex get separated alex is trying to ring for the cops but it gets disconnected which is but like, why would she leave her there too oh just wait here i'll be right back don't move why so would dumb. you leave me there and also when they get out of the car <laughs> then they get out of the car and then alex is like are you okay are you okay like she doesn't really say anything but like she doesn't even ask her friend if she's okay i don't know that the shock you're she's supposed to be i mean i get it you know like she's supposed to be in shock because of her past but you don't really like it's not it's not reading well no not at all i thought she was just being useless yes it felt very like mm-hmm, yeah especially in the beginning yeah. It just felt yeah. like... Mm, yeah, well, it's know. like everyone in this movie. They're not realistic actions that people would do. None of this I guess, yeah. Authentic. I mm-hmm. guess. It's all there to kind of be cool or to set up the scene that they need. And some of those scenes work okay. But yeah, the setups just don't feel human. Though, I have to say that, like, the whole, like, the, the meticulousness in which how, like, the killer set up, like, the tunnel and, like, with the horse running around. Like, that reminded me of, like, very, like, Hitcher, like, in the really cool, like, thoughtful kind of setup. So, yeah. I did... Yeah, that actually, shot with the horse just, like, trotting by is kind of, like, that's a nice touch and, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it could be haunting. Um, mm-hmm. It still gave me hope at this point. I was still like, okay, well, the acting isn't great here. The dialogue's not great. But there's, there is still a mood, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, um, it's, yes, it is already a little better. But Molly, we're not gonna. It's a little. We don't know why yet, but Molly's painted as just very, very weak and yeah, just it's traumatized very weak and useless. Very useless, mm-hmm. but um, not in like a. But that's the thing. It's like I get it when it's in the like in it's like in a shocking way. Like she's just so shocked, she can't do anything. She can't move. She's frozen. But it didn't feel like that. It just felt like uh, like, oh yeah, okay, yeah. What's up? Oh shoot. <laughs> yeah like kind of yeah. like pathetic a little bit i mean let's be clear like again it's the director's fault and the actor's fault but she doesn't like she just doesn't feel right she feels like a beautiful model who someone like willed in but she's never like thought about acting before and this is her first role or something it's kind of like she doesn't feel capable yet to mm-hmm. do the stuff she should be doing and i don't feel the director's encouraging her in any of the right ways i think he's just happy for her to sit there and look pretty and it's just like this doesn't work yeah there was some communication missing or something so, like, yeah, her friend gets hit by the car, the killer car. And then we do get a cool scene 
where she's trying to help her friend who's like in the road and every time she goes towards her friend the car like yeah encroaches a little closer and this is what you're talking about heaven where it like feels like a creature mm-hmm. at this point it feels very cool. like a monster which is so cool and then he opens his door and takes a polaroid picture of her did she pose for that picture? Every time he takes a picture of her, it looks like she's posing. Like she didn't flinch, or she was just like, confusing. Oh, "Wow, look at me!" <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's what I don't. I don't know. Maybe is it the director telling her to do these things? I don't know. Yeah, I'm I confused. Think so. But as an actor, Gosh. you hope you. I mean, it's hard as an actor. I know it gotta... is hard. I know that's why I feel so much for for, for these types of movies because it's just like i don't know like what are you doing when it's everyone you think you're doing a good job and how do you know if you're you know not sometimes yeah when it's everyone you know it's a whole you know it's a director's fault oh yeah sure yeah it's it's like it's not mm -hmm. just one person yeah yeah, fucking two dogs get set loose somehow from someone. Who, who is that? Well. Wait, was that ever cleared up? No, who no, that it was? was never cleared up. No. No, it's just a random person, I think, who comes in and then they open their door for some reason and their dogs get out because you can hear them go like, no, wait, come back. Yeah, yeah. It's like, what the <laughs> fuck is happening? So yeah, the killer drives off. I mean, it's, it's madness, but it is the coolest scene so far. And then Jim wakes up again like Batman, like over the call from his radio. And this is where it's going to get real really goofy because we're gonna cut to our traffic investigator guy <laughs> i love him he's my favorite i liked him too he was my favorite <laughs> but this is the trope right of this era this is a trope it's like you bring in the side black character who has now been elevated mm. in horror films from being the first to get killed to now like you're the goofy authoritarian character it's oh, like really? ll cool j in halloween 7 it's like so many characters where they're like they do this all the fucking time. And it's it's really weird because everything he's going to do for the rest of the movie makes no sense. <laughs> but he was, like a, he was better ca- than everybody else. He was good. His I character think. arc makes no sense. Yes, like, it does. It's his it hero's did. journey. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we'll go I wasn't it. mad at it. <laughs> it's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> um... Um, yeah, they, they have four bodies. They do not make it clear, by the way, that Alex got run over slowly while the car drove, like, towards uh, Molly. Yeah, no. that was such a... No, they didn't. Mm-mm. There are no crunches of bones in the sound design. No. She didn't no. react at all to the girl. Like, her friend was just like... Yeah, you would be screaming your fucking head off. <laughs> yeah. But, okay, so we've got the traffic investigator, which I'm immediately like, okay, cool. Here's our fucking comedy character but then jim's just on the scene and everyone's fine with it yeah who let him in like they (laughs) yeah it's odd and then the 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 guy knows that he's not supposed to be in there and he doesn't even do anything about it like oh and he sees him taking a piece of the evidence why wouldn't you stop him and that's like a flashy car too that he's also i have to say is i really liked the cars like i was finally satisfied by the car that our lead was driving in this film the cars were cool finally but it's, it is alarmingly similar to the one in the Hitcher, like the first one. That's like it's fine. It's the same style, the same color. No, no, which is cool. But again, that's what I mean. Like, he's definitely like, I'm just validating. As long as it's not this. the Hitcher too. I'm just oh, validating why we're covering this fucking film. <laughs> I hope nobody listens to this one. <laughs> Who's what? listening out there? Raise your hand. This is gold. And I would think we are the only podcast to ever talk about this film. So. I guess that's true. And this is, this is like the moment where if I was in the cinema, I would probably walk out because it's getting a little goofy. 
<laughs> and they've been in there for presumably hours, like sorting out. Oh the my scene. god! Wait, wait! And the guy that keeps drinking the fucking coffee. Like, how much <laughs> coffee do you need? It's like, it's like he just didn't know what to do, so he just kept drinking the fucking coffee. Yeah. Well. How thirsty can you be? He's tired. They've While been you're in there for investigating hours, murders, it's because the director's not giving him things to do. I, I guess. But who he is giving things to do is Molly, who they're gonna find <laughs> crouched up a ladder, just like perched like a pigeon above them, not saying a word. Who's been there? Presumably the whole time for hours while they're cleaning up the crime scene. How did she just, get there? It's so stupid. And the but, shot and how they find her is so stupid. It's not yes. a traumatic way to shoot it. Yeah, that's the thing. It's the way they shot it made her look so weird. It looks so chilling. Bizarre. Yeah. It's it's like so, oh. that was the moment where I was like, oh, this is okay. I get the kind of reference it, like right? her trauma, like her like being curled up like in like a fetal type position, but it just seems like she was just like casually just observing. Like she seems mildly concussed more than traumatized, you know. Was she rocking? No, she she's kind of she's like that. huddled into her knees, she's but like she's huddled. not rocking. She just like paralyzed, but not in a good way. You read it in the script and you're like, okay, yeah, I get that. But then the way they shot it and the way they showed it was bad. It's all, right? it's all it of the things. So it's her acting. What happened It's the to way Robert? they shoot it. It's people's reactions to it. And then it is on the page. Like that idea is ridiculous. That they would mm-hmm. find her up a fucking ladder being there for hours is base stupid. But, like, you have to, like, then, yeah, or you, you could maybe find a way to make it more convincing. Nothing here is, like, doing it any favors whatsoever. And then Jim, who luckily is, like, on paper a handsome man, because he's a creepy motherfucker in this film. Mm-hmm. He turns up at a hospital room. Apparently, he can just walk where the <laughs> fuck he wants. He just turn, He's like a ghost. It's kind of like just, Hitcher 1, you know, where the guy that just popped up everywhere. He just was there. No, no one would let him. But also no in early thousands him. movies, I feel like you could just like, especially like love movies or whatever, you can just pop into anybody's hospital room. Like I feel it's like true. Yeah. Is this a love movie? Is that what? <laughs> I maybe. Who knows? It could be a love movie. <laughs> We're just at the beginning. So Molly comes to see the traffic cop, so they're going to get to know each other. He mentions that her whole family died in something similar. We're going to get a little tease to why she is the way she is. And then he's like, do you think maybe that skewed what you saw because you went through trauma that you imagined? Like, they, he, which is weird because he agrees with her. <laughs> he, like, he literally is like, yeah, I, I agree. All these people die, but also are you making this up? And then Katie's favorite line in the movie, of which are many great stupid lines, where he just says to don't suppose you know anything about skid marks, Steve. Oh, I... <laughs> what gold, what craft, honestly, just genius, beautiful. It's one of those movies where, you know, like, when I go to write something, you're like, oh, I don't know anything about this. And it's like, well, your job is to get someone in who does or do a lot of research. Mm-hmm. This is like when you start to do one of those movies and you realize you don't know what you're talking about. And you're like, it's probably fine. <laughs> I'll just keep writing. <laughs> this is not how any of these people would talk. Yeah, he's, we're going to get some facts. 8,000 Americans are injured every day in car accidents because Molly's at a self-help group for car accident survivors. Again, this is just after Fight Club, so this kind of thing was cool to show at this point. People need self-help. And Jim is just sitting there. In the back, in the oh, back. God, this was so dumb. 
And he just pipes out because the guy's saying all these facts, and he just suddenly like jumps in and goes, "What happened to me only happened once," and then just fucking Leaves. death stares Molly. He just yeah. Like, oh yeah, stares. yeah, double death stares her. It's like twice. Like what also, was so weird and obvious, and like what? Would you not be terrified, like, like as a woman? The no, staring maybe. between him and Molly throughout the whole movie. I feel like it was like the director saying like. Okay, now look at each other intensely. Just like feel so many each times, other with right? your eyes. But Fuck also each like, other with your eyes. What <laughs> happened with everybody too? Like, buddy, like, yeah, no, everyone in that room had gone into like multiple, multiple, multiple car accidents. Like, he's acting like he's the only, this only happened to me once. Yeah, you and everyone else, dude. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, every moment in life, it was unique. It's so, oh, it's just so overdramatic, and you're like, okay, we are in a kid. And then the guys, like uh, the guy who was foreseeing the self help, and he was like, that's what happens when you put up barricades when he like <laughs> walked out. Yeah. Really? He's not even like, we'll help you. He's like, no, fuck that asshole. <laughs> so yeah, they hang out. He's like waiting for her, like a fucking creeper, in the hallway as she walks out. And then they bond over unsolved hit and runs. And then he promises her that, don't worry, we won't enjoy ourselves. That was so <laughs> And the way weird. he said it, too, he was like, oh, dead eyes. Just like, I promise we won't enjoy ourselves. Like, I, I'm like, she wanted to go. She said that she might go with it. What? Like, when did this turn into he a He is date? handsome, though. He is handsome. I and she know, went through a traumatic what? time. And, you know, she might be feeling she some kind of She is a very way. attractive lady. I don't think she has any problems finding handsome men. She can and find non-creepy handsome men. But who understands her trauma like that? <laughs> I mean, why didn't he just tell her? All he had to do was come out. Yeah. Tell her everything now. I don't understand what the the secrecy was all about. Being vague was all about. Like, just fucking tell her. And that's what's so weird. Because then she's like, yeah, I'll see you next week. And then he's like, wasn't an accident. And then does start telling her. And you're like, why didn't you just start with this? What yeah. Was, like, and he says, yeah, it's a 1973 Cadillac Eldorado and she tells him that the guy took a photo of her and he says he's going to come back for you because you're his only mistake. His so then only her mistake. Jeez. sort of courting boyfriend dude, whatever the fuck he is, turns up. Who, by the way, has been walking towards her for this entire conversation. So he's heard all of this weird stuff. Uh, she tells Boone, him. Boone, Boone, his name is Boone. 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 <laughs> no, no, unacceptable. She tells him 11 o'clock orchestra hall. And that's where you should meet her. So. <laughs> I mean, your is- friend just, the murder from your childhood is back. And your friend was just murdered in front of your eyes by him. You're going to go see a fucking orchestra right now? Was this- I wouldn't go see an orchestra. Do you know orchestra? how expensive orchestra tickets are? Like, I, you got to double down sometimes <laughs> and just do it. <laughs> yeah, do we learn what she d- does? She sings in the choir. That's a job? It could be. Oh, maybe she was working. Yeah, oh. Maybe. Okay, that okay. makes sense. Who's a dummy um, now? Me. <laughs> I mean, everyone <laughs> involved with this movie. <laughs> but this is where it's really stupid because that's where you end your scene and you move on to the orchestra or whatever. Nope. Instead, we're continuing with the scene. Only now Jim is stalking her outside as he watches her. And the traffic cop is there as well watching her. And it's just so silly. 
And then a car chase begins between Jim and a traffic cop. This isn't a good car chase. This is the worst one. Also, how does this traffic... I mean, I could be right. I don't know anything really about police training, but I want to know how this traffic cop knows how to, like, maneuver like that. He doesn't. Everything he does in this movie is completely ridiculous. Everything. He would not be sitting outside stalking her, a survivor of a car accident. Like... It's ridiculous. And then he just chases after Jim because he he's seen He was worried about her. He was watching her, making sure that nobody was going to get her. Yeah. That's not... Look, let's he not felt advocate a sense of guys, responsibility. Let's not advocate guys trying to protect women by watching them when they don't know. You hear <laughs> that, boys? <laughs> Christina says you can do it. Just wait outside no. that window. <laughs> no. Keep her safe? Oh, my God. No. Uh, he's a policeman. None of this is cool. Don't do any of um, this. He's a traffic man. But luckily He's we're coming up to what man. should be the end of the movie. Uh, <laughs> which, which is she's driving with her quarter and she says, can I avoid the tunnel? So they avoid the tunnel. But then the one-eyed car reappears, rams into the back of them. Now. How reinforced is this Cadillac? I want to know this oh, really yeah. fast. Like how like sturdy are old Cadillacs like how is he not just denting his shit right now like I he's doing no come on he's putting fucking adamantium into this like yeah it's not like, normal Cadillac it's in the Marvel universe like jeez yes. but it is this is so this is like and not good comic books I'm not saying that in a derogatory way to comic books because I love comic books this is bad bad bad, bad, bad comic bad. book writing bad her car when it gets hit, have you ever seen a car fly through the fucking air like this car? She's dead. Like, that's the end of movie. Roll credits. We're done. Because he how, just killed her. And how did they not even see that coming? Wouldn't you be on a high alert? Yeah, it's, I'd be, like, so shocked. It's absolutely insane. And I feel this is one of those stunts where it, like, gets out of control. No, it looks cool. Leave it in. And someone's like, don't you think that's too much? <laughs> Where are it's, like, it's, it's all bigger they, than the ones in the hit show. That's all they got, Al. That's all they got. I mean, I believe you. They have one take. It's bigger than the ones in the hit show where the two cop cars flip, which look beautiful. Mm-hmm. This car, it's insane. And <laughs> I, I get a credit I will say about this film is like when they show people getting hit by cars in this, it's fucking brutal. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. It looks real. Yeah, they really, really show it. The first scene too with the when his wife. Yeah, so we didn't talk about that, but yeah. I know you did skip was... over that. Okay, first of all, with that scene, it's like, why it's are so they weird. at this roadside motel in the middle of the countryside? I don't know where. Just like one of those random towns. And why? I mean, if you're on this like road trip, why are you dressed in a suit and why are you dressed in this like red evening gown? Like, why is she <laughs> going to go pick up like there wasn't even? I thought she was picking up corn. Like it just looked like yeah, a corn she stand. Was. <laughs> she was getting corn and go. <laughs> Why was she dressed like that to go just I get corn? Know. I Jeez. don't know. I don't know. They they're not in New York City or anything. They are. What city are they in? Even like in a motel. Beginning scene. Like okay. Like I get it. If it's maybe supposed to be the spiritual successor to Hitcher, that like maybe it's like oh, what if that uh the diner lady didn't die in the beginning? Or like maybe it's like what. I don't know. I just you don't need to dress like that to go get corn. No, it's 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 from a motel. And it's weird, like the way like they shot it too. Like it feels like yes, it like, felt like a lifetime movie. Yeah, that's what, or like a commercial for like a perfume or something. 
<laughs> cologne. Yeah, true that too. Although I don't know if you've seen like every commercial for fucking perfumes now are just models on beaches. I'm just, it's ridiculous. I can't believe it. every time I see a model on a beach in an advert, I'm like, perfume. Uh, that's because that's when you smell good, right? When you're on a beach, yeah. When and you're, you're all briny and smell like fish. I like the smell of like when you're in the ocean, you get out of like the ocean. Like I think it smells good. I like well, it too. Don't, then you but don't not need right now. Not in this time. You guys, did you get my article? Don't we got go your article. In the ocean. We got your yeah. Article. I saw um, that. Yeah. Sorry, I can't believe I fucking I fucking missed out. That it's first, okay. That we reviewed it. Now yeah. we're now we're back to the end of the movie. Hurry up. Also, wait, she didn't have corn in her bag. Sorry. It was tomatoes wait, that went flying. Like she went she picked up corn and then it was tomatoes that flew out of the bag. And I don't that just <laughs> seems that's my biggest problem. Anyways. Um, yeah, but it was it was brutal. Like you see his wife get hit and it is like yeah. you see the impact. Like it's pretty fucking brutal. Um, mm-hmm. and that's why Jim is the way he is. I'm like, I can't believe I fucking missed that. Yeah, so stuff is happening. <laughs> so they car get, flew, the car flew through, the air. through the air. Too, too much. Dead. Too much. Apparently they're not. We believe her friend's dead. We never really see him again. Well, Jesus told him he, he was dead. Yeah. Eventually, yeah. The killer attaches a chain and then drags the car behind his car as he's driving off. And this stuff is cool. Like, it looks yeah, cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is really that was cool. Sick. It was cool. I was like, I want to do that. Where is it? <laughs> but I don't. But I do. But that was cool. And then Jim comes racing up beside them. You can imagine this in the trailer. Like, this should be all there is in the trailer is this scene. Because yeah, it's the best thing in the movie. It is. He knocks his door off. She stands yeah. on the dragging boot. With sparks are going everywhere. Jumps into his mm-hmm. car. I just, then, did you guys just imagine yourself trying to jump? Like, would you make it? Yeah. And into the side of the <laughs> yeah. car, which the person's sitting. Like, and then you, how you, would she? How did she make it all the way to the other side? There's a steering wheel and a person there. If you jump even successfully, you're going to get pushed no, out. No, the person fell out of the car. This is what happened. Okay. No, the, I mean yes, the car she's jumping into no, in listen, Jim's car. She did. She jumped into his arms. Yeah, but that doesn't. No, he's driving. Yeah, but like you could drive with one hand. No, but imagine if you're trying to jump from she one car through She grabs his a, hand and he pulls an her em- in. If she touches the ground for a split second, I don't care if he grabs her hand. She's dead. No, like she just he get grabbed her hand out. and she just took that leap of faith, leap of faith and just went. But and yeah, but then how does she end up on the other side? Because I would probably just end so up in small. the lap. Because she scooched over probably when the camera wasn't looking. <laughs> no, this is a nightmare. Because look, if he's got the shotgun seat open and she jumps into that, Almost impossible, but I can believe it for a movie. Fine. But jumping into a seat that has a person in it and a steering wheel while going at like whatever stupid... Like, he is There's nowhere tall. for her to physically go. He's tall. He probably like scooched... The seat was scooched back. There was some leg room. So there's some space between his body and the And steering she looked wheel. into his eyes. Yeah, she did. And she took that breath. Look into my eyes. And then when she is there, she just holds on to him like the weak woman oh she is. Oh my god. Ow. That was so weird. Maybe they casted it's her ridiculous. wrong too because like she didn't seem like this like helpless, injured animal. It was just forced. It felt forced. I don't is know. It felt off. They should have picked someone a little bit more frail if that was a direction they were going to go to cuz she had more that like Michelle Rodriguez. Like I feel like she could have been cool like at first, I thought she was going to be like a detective or something. She's like, I got to be alert all the time. Like, I, when she was first introduced, I thought she was going to be like, I don't know, cooler. But like... No, she's in the choir. That's all we know. 
Jeez. Jeez. Okay. Anyway, whatever. It's a cool scene. It's just really uh, how she holds on to him. It's an embarrassing <laughs> it way to scene. Uh, <laughs> it was odd, man. I thought he was going to kiss her on like the forehead or something. Like, I feel like we missed something. Not in front of Jesus. Uh, <laughs> then the killer comes over to CB radio and says, if he brings the girl tomorrow night, then he'll come back. Yeah. So he's like, all right. I'm not going to let you leave. The cops turn up, so he drives off. I don't know. By the way, the cops keep turning up in this film. There's no one there to report anything. I don't know yeah. why they keep turning up. So he takes them, and this is one of my favorite tropes in movies, when they go to a hideaway place, he takes them to some old industrial office space that you see him use, a ch- like he breaks the chains that are locking this gate to get in mm-hmm. and then acts like he's always there. Yeah, yeah, and had all this stuff what? there too. Like you're just like, what is going, what is going on? You here? wouldn't have to break the chains. To but get- maybe he lost his key and all of the hubbub. <laughs> no, it's supposed to be like a new place. Maybe he like scouted it, you know, no, knew of it. Th- again, this is like the oil licking. This he is brings as far. His backpack in. This is as far as these people are thinking. Oil these are like these are things two. we've seen in movies that look like a narrative is happening. So let's do that. But they don't gel with the other things in the narrative to actually make a narrative. So instead it's just a collection of images. I wish I was making movies in 2004 because you could just make decisions and it just happens. Like someone let Shark Tale happen. (laughs) Someone let Hitcher 2 happen. They're like, yeah, just do it. I mean, one of those movies (laughs) made money. The other was not allowed to happen again. She's looking pretty great for someone who just should have died <laughs> with what happened with her car flipping through the fucking air. Though I have to say that kind of does. Like, I got into a car accident where I, like, flipped my car three times. And I walked out of that, like, okay, which is, like, a scratch, like, a little bit of a concussion. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like, I've, I'm the same. Yeah, I, when I was a kid, I was in a car crash where I flipped three times. Look, her, let's be clear. Her car crash is not a flip. Her car crash is it goes, it flies through the air like an eagle. And then lands. <laughs> like she's 100% things are broken or she's dead. Um, but Shit. even if not, even if we're giving it that, she would be fucking the whiplash. The, yeah, like the concussion, just the, like the trauma that you feel. You feel, you can't stop shaking. Like you feel like your whole body's like gone through something traumatic. Yeah. She's just sitting there all pretty, totally fine. As he's like, oh yeah. I can do medic work on you and starts mopping the oh. fake blood. Was she, was I thought doctor. he was going to drug her for a second because like, he was like putting something the vials. Like, is that chloroform? Like, what is... It's for her cut on her forehead. But why? Sketch. I don't know. It's really, really silly. We got another fucking flashback because we've already shown it at the beginning. We're going to get shown it again now of his wife dying only this time in blue. Uh, <laughs> To be clear, this is 2004. Digital color grading was just starting to like, yeah, now it's taking off everywhere. Anyone could do it. That's so why people were having a lot of fun with it. That's why it looked like that. It felt like it was like digital just came out or something, and it was all this like weird digital stuff. It looks so mm-hmm. digitalized. Looks bad. Yeah. Bad. Yeah. We're going to learn the killer took his wife's necklace. And it turns out Jim went after him straight away, drove after him after he'd hit his wife. And then he smashed into him, Good nearly him. killing him, but, but crippled him instead. And, he, and Jim was the one who got put away for three years while the guy didn't because he convinced the cops that he hit the woman accidentally and then was obviously a, a you know, attempted murder had happened to him. And then one of my favorite lines in the movie, 
Where it's like they rebuilt him from the, from the ground, ground up. up. Like, who the fuck is this dude? <laughs> Darth Vader with a Cadillac? Like, Jesus. <laughs> it's so stupid. It's so stupid. And then Jim said he started getting letters while he was in prison, press clippings of the killings he was doing. Yeah. I mean, we're going to get this very... Again, in the Hitcher on paper, you could do the Hitcher. We said it that week when we covered it. You could make that really bad and this hokey. And they managed to not do that. Here, they're just going full hokey. So, I guess it's the... I mean, the cinema photographer had a lot to do with the success of the Hitcher. It's all the things. Mm. I mean, like, I think the director's just in the right... I mean, it was always an organic thing anyway. But I think the director was at the right place in his head at that point. They casted the right people. This is 18 years later. Casted good people. Yeah, cinematographer, great locations. The musician was doing a better job than he's doing here. <laughs> <laughs> the writing was just better. That script was just much better. Like, the script was better. Characters yeah. were some interesting things. You could still make it hokey, but, like... It was tasteful. <sighs> it was, like, hokey in the way, like... You it know, like, good. A New was... Hope was hokey sometimes. Like, Star Wars. Like, movies back then were hokey. But it's kind of like a... It's forgivable. Yeah. I hear you. I hear you completely. So like anyway, yeah. The police. The no, he's not even a policeman. The traffic inspector finds a magnet in the car door of Jim's door, which is apparently linked to a scanner. I presume this is real because I don't know this stuff. So they learn here he's scanning the police radios. So that's his clue to find. And also Jim his down. car is like uh, not meant for roads. Like it's a drag race car. Like that. Like duh, we got that. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean. We Why see it. even say that? Yeah, it's obvious. We get he I has mean, a cool whip, like we do. They're painting the idea that he's meant to think that Jim's the killer, basically. Because he's got this back history that we're going to learn about later and stuff. Yeah, and then Jim, Jim's revealing that he used to be a doctor. And he's just dabbing at her face. <laughs> like, That's he. She got into a fucking car accident. Like, she... Like, it's just like, all, all you're going to do is check, like, dab her face gently. You're not going to, like... I don't even give her a glass of water. Again, written by people who can't even Google. Like, it's it's bewildering. He gives her some clothes, so she decides to change in front of him, but asks him to turn around. Turn around. And, and then, then he looks. And it's, like, the worst, longest... It's yes, like They're so trying to make creepy. him seem like he's been, like, away from people. But it just is, like, just staring. Yeah. Damn. And he sees it all these weird. scars on, the ba- on her back. That um, happened so to you, she too. Was something. When you were a kid, that happened to you. Like, Jim, jeez. Um, <laughs> the, killer, the killer was in insurance, we're going to learn. And they're going to paint this, which I do like this idea of, like, he's just a regular guy. He's not a big evil dude. Like, he's just a normal middle-aged man in a boring job. She's going to say her dad was driving. No one made it but her. And then she's, she's like, she can't help Jim. But Jim's like, yes, she can. And then puts a new door in his car. To be clear, the people, the person who killed her parents was not the same killer. This was just like a random, like she's been in a traumatic experience before. No, it? it's the same killer. No, because it would have been like, because he's, it, later on we're going to get a fact he's killed maybe three women before. He goes after women, singular. And her car crash was when she was a kid. So it would have been fucking, I don't know, at least 15 years ago. Mm. I don't know, but he's been doing this for a long time. I thought he was the killer. I don't think so, but this film is very unclear on many facts to do with people's characters. I didn't even think that was an option. 
Hmm. Um, yeah, the traffic inspector is going to find that the Barracuda car Jim owns uh, belongs to him. Sorry, like that there aren't many of them sold, so he can track down who it should be. And then finds out that Jim did three years for trying to kill someone with his car. So he's going, oh, shit. This Jeez. And I do kind of like this scene, even though it's very trite, where Jim's sleeping and she's like, I mean, she could just leave, to be clear. He's just sleeping. She could just go. Um, but she hears the killer talking over the radio mm-hmm. outside, by the way. And it's crystal clear. I mean. No. Isn't it coming in on, like, his uh, his speaker? No. no it's in the in car the outside. Car. <laughs> Wait. Okay. She that changes everything. I thought, like, oh, it's, like, their radio, like wave you know they're the radio communication stuff but now that i know she's whatever she, heard, she hears it through the cv radio in his car while she's inside a house looking out a window that's closed with a car with windows that are closed and the killer's saying he's <laughs> going to go west after he kills her and kill other women there and that molly's going to die sooner or later so this is where she's like all right guess i should do something in this fucking movie mm-hmm and then we get a very sexual scene. Apparently, by the way, because he's like, the next night this is going to happen. Apparently, we just skip an entire day. <laughs> because we go from night to, dip. to night. Yeah. No, but like, yeah. there's no day shot in between. They slept. <laughs> and we rested up for the big battle. Cool. Cool. Really good writing. We get a very sexual scene as they then get in the car. Because I think he's going to train her. I think, oh, okay, That's cool. That's what they I thought was going to happen. Yeah. yeah, so that she could take over when he gets hurt or something. Because he said some stuff like, oh, we're going to give you exposure therapy. Or like... Yeah. And then exposure therapy is, no, let's not. Let's just sleep away today. And then we'll head out and do this thing in the evening. He gets her to turn the key in his car. And then very suggestively places her hand on his shift stick. And it's really fucking cringy. It's like... It made Katie shout her a little bit. <laughs> it made me like, ooh, yikes. And when he says he's not cool with shooting sexual content in movies, like, this is dirtier than shooting a sex scene. <laughs> like, it's really just like, ugh. And anyway, then he says, this guy's body is his car, so if we stop the car, then we stop him. Which, yeah, he said it like five times. Sure. After that. So we do get a feel. Again, these could be cool scenes. Like he's driving through the dark and then he's like, do you hear that? Yeah, that was cool. Turns off his lights. And you're like, what? No answer. Uh, You could just tell (laughs) when the guy's nearby. And then, yep, the guy's like driving towards them. They nearly go into each other. And then somehow traffic inspector cop who's drinking his coffee in a comedic way is nearby listening on a radio as he hears them like come into contact how the f- do you know how close you have to be for a cv radio to work how close i mean it depends no, which one but, but pretty fucking close like otherwise you pick up on everybody <laughs> like it's so weird and then what's even weirder is the the, the traffic inspector then goes to work but just drives into a ditch immediately <laughs> <laughs> yeah what a wild film so far honestly <laughs> They trick the killer into a car graveyard uh, and then they pour some cars on top of him. But yeah, then he's sort of playing Patsy, he's playing dead, grabs Jim, pulls him into the car, shakes himself loose and then uh, he, as he's driving away, he picks up Molly, who's just <laughs> doing fuck all. She's just standing there. She's not, she's not an active participant in this movie, honestly. No. <laughs> Jeez. This seems, yeah, it's quite egregious. 
But then Jim gets in his car and the traffic guy turns up with a shotgun and shoots his car. So Jim and him have a little tussle, which is really weird. They're just rolling around in the dirt. How is he tussling when he? we just showed that he has like... Oh, wait, no. I'm thinking ahead. Not yet. But. Yeah, not yet. And then the killer radios in, which is useful because then the traffic inspector can know, oh, okay, Jim's not the killer. And then Molly screams like the cliched woman she is written to be. Ugh. <laughs> like she's, which again, this is, I guess, a telling of the time, but for 2004, even this is not like up-to-date writing. Yeah, yeah. Molly's in the killer's lair as she watches him in his wheelchair. We're gradually going to reveal this killer bit, bit by bit. He's pretty much half machine, which is, I don't know. I mean, like, again, in a better movie, it might be effective. It yeah, just seems fine. a bit goofy. Mm, it's fine. He takes more photos of her because... Why not? Because she likes to pose. <laughs> she does like to pose. Pose. Um, fearful but sexy. Keep it sexy fear. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> sexy fear. <laughs> the best kind of fear. <laughs> Jim and the traffic inspector are driving through beautiful countryside. Really lovely environment here. And he's saying he's been tracking this killer for two years. Because he's like, how do you know where to go? It's like, I've been tracking him for two years. He's like, oh, so you don't know where to go. <laughs> And I'm like, yeah, he has no fucking clue. Um, and it turns out when the killer was a little kid, his father would show him wreck photos from the insurance deaths. His kills are completely at random. He looks like a middle-aged insurance salesman, which is exactly what he is. And they're going to go head out into the desert. So we know we're hearing, nearing the third act. Wait, but also like his explanation too was like, he wants to recreate, like he would collect like the wreck photos and he wants to like recreate as many different like wreck scenarios as he can. Yes. Yeah. Which is again, like, it's all fine. Like the initial yeah, idea for fine. all of this is fine. So but you got to write it better <laughs> and then yeah. you got to play it better and direct it better and act it better. Facts. Yeah. They're going to head out. Desert. They're just going to pull into a derelict gas station, which looks very cool. No clue how he knows anything's happening here, but fine. And they're going to find some photos of Molly there, as well as a key to a motel, number 12. Guess what? It's the same motel where his wife was killed. Mm-mm. Great writing. It's all going to go back to the beginning. And, and this his is car's like, still there. <laughs> he's like, how far away is this motel? He says, oh, 400 miles. Christina, how long does it take? At least six hours. Six, seven hours. Yeah, eight-hour drive to go 400 miles, right? Yeah. Why? They got there what? in, like, two hours. Well, they just... It's, there was no traffic, and he was going It's also fast. like, there's all this time, there's a whole day they didn't do anything within the writing. There's this whole drive where it's like, why write that in, then? Yeah. <laughs> just make it closer. It's fine. Say With it's the Cadillac, too? Like, why didn't they stop to get, like, gas or anything? You know? <laughs> there's been scenes to stop to get gas every single film. Not this one. <sighs> well, <laughs> the killer has bought this motel, apparently. Oh, so he his... bought it? No. Yeah, with that's insurance money. Oh, that's right. Oh, that makes And his sense. old car is there. So, yeah, so it's like this is where he keeps it. All of his trophies, I guess. Molly now, by the way, just for no reason in underwear on the, <laughs> the bed. So, what, he drugged her? Is that why the needle was there? Look... He's basically trying to put her in a red dress to make her look like the Jim's wife. But it's like, yeah, they don't show any of the stuff. So she's just lying there and she just looks like she's sleepy. Like, it's yeah. so stupid. Yeah, it's so weird. 
Because it looked like, I mean, he was doing this needle thing, but it looked like he was just filling up the needle. And then we cut to her, and then he goes to her, and she's already passed out. So it's like she's already been drugged. I don't get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. It, again, they're not explaining any of this stuff. Which, to be fair, we'll get to at the end, maybe a reason for that, but it's on everyone's shoulders. Yeah, and what's even stupider is we go from that scene to then a scene of the traffic guy and Jim driving in complete silence there's just like an awkward like the traffic guy like looks at him like they should be talking i was like oh but no one wrote any words so i guess we'll just uh stare (laughs) (laughs) oh it's just so weird jim says they got one advantage normally he's on his own but they haven't come alone uh. Yeah, wait, wait, wait. But why the hell would the traffic guy pick up the CV radio that the <laughs> murderer is on and, and ask for backup? Basically um, outing that he's there. Someone in props Jim forgot to him? get another radio, okay? They're running out of cars. <laughs> what? I don't understand. I don't understand. Right, like, why? Because wouldn't the murderer hear that? That's the radio that they communicate on. And Jim just looks at him like... There are no cops here. Like, it's just so stupid. It's just like, you don't, when you say we've got an advantage. And he has this lame monotone too. Like, oh, like there are no cops here. I used to be a doctor. Like the- <laughs> and then make it seem like there's a plan. Make it seem like they talk. We don't have to see it, but make it seem like they're like, you know what? I've got an idea. And then you cut yeah. off. Like, there's nothing. You're just like, oh, we've got an advantage. There's two of us. All right. Bye. <laughs> it's like, what yeah. the fuck is- uh, and then we get the inspector says to him, "You've been on this highway a long time, and that could change a man." <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, also, right. there's one line though too, which I thought was kind of a cool. We skipped it. Throwback to Hitcher, where he was like, "A hundred thousand more miles of this, and you'll end up like me." Like, I don't know. Yes. That that's what really tied it to kind of Hitcher for me. Yeah, no, absolutely. There are these kernels that are really frustrating kernels. because you're like. If you had got here, like maybe if you did this 10 years after the Hitcher or if you like, there could have been something as an official Hitcher sequel. Like there's just these little things. But anyway, Jim doesn't say if he's going to kill the guy or not, but he definitely looks like he's going to because he's just got dead eyes. But he looks like he's going to kill everyone he looks at, to be yeah. fair. So. so Jim goes up to the motel room. Like surely he knows what's going to happen. But this is how stupid he is. He goes Mm-mm. up to the motel room, finds his wife necklace and then turns around because he hears the killer's outside. He's pushed the the newly red-dressed Molly into the road. We're going to get the poster shot, which is the best shot probably in the movie, of the car driving towards her slowly as she backs up on the road. Yeah, and then he goes for the kill, tries to kill her, but then the traffic cop T-bones him. Jim pulls the cop out of the car. The investigator now is like, oh, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Don't he jumps into the car. They're going to go head to head. So they're literally going head to head in these cars. Molly, by the way, just disappears for this section of the movie. Because again, she's not, she's a device. She's not actually a character. She's just a device for whatever they need the men to do in each scene. See, Um, the lady in the, the diner lady in the first movie, she had spunk. She had character. She made some decisions. Yeah, she did. She did. You know. that was 1986. And she was a, a kid. Yeah, and this yeah. Molly, this woman, mm-mm. I'm irritated. No, it's, just, it's really terrible. Yeah, so Jim then drives at the killer. The killer then reverses, and then Jim spins, flips his car, he comes out. Uh, sorry, flips his car, and he's trapped in it. And then the killer comes out of his car, gets into his wheelchair because he thinks he's killed him, goes to inspect his kill. I, 
But I think Jim's tired and bursts and the car corrects itself. (laughs) Just to be clear, not on purpose, not part of the plan. Jim's plan was I'm going to drive towards him. (laughs) That didn't work out. And he gets saved by a burst tire. (laughs) Like, you feel like, again, like he knows how to rig a car. Like, have he put some thought into this if he really cares? Have he's like figured some shit out and yeah, he's like made it so like he can pretend to be dead but then trick him. It's like, it's so stupid. And then it's kind of embarrassing because then it's hard, it's horrible, but it looks silly with the killer then has to like turn his mechanism wheelchair around to try and go back to his car in time while Jim's like revving his car. And it's like, this is just feels wrong in so many ways. Yeah. Yeah. But he finds Molly's in it. And she traps him in the door and begins to reverse, dragging him along, at which point Katie is livid. Because <laughs> you're like, this woman who's too traumatized to drive. Again, if Jim had spent that day, if that day was showing him giving her lessons, <laughs> there's no fucking way she can drive a car like that. Like, that is a tough car to drive. You never um, know. <laughs> I mean, Molly's full of surprises. Yeah. She, hi- she hides up ladders. <laughs> <laughs> She, she plays hide and seek. She could sing, and now she could drive a stick. Perfect. She disappears whenever she's not needed. Perfect. And she, and she could survive cars that fall from space. So, what who a knows woman what she can do. Did she then starts driving forward uh, towards the approaching Jim? The killer gets tossed onto the front of Jim's car from her car, and then crashes into Mm-mm. his original wreck. Right? He's mm-hmm. like the yeah. And again, I, I mean, you feel it. Like, the contact of the crash is mm-hmm. like, fuck. Pretty nasty. But it really seems over very quickly, right? Mm-hmm. It's like nothing really happened in this big showdown. Very like, anticlimactic. Like, very. And that's basically it for the movie. Jim walks to the road uh, as he finds his new wife, I guess, dressed <laughs> in red. The cops are turning up. Again, from What? There are no cops here. No one. You need to see one car drive by at some point to know that someone rang the cops. No one is anywhere. How the fuck do the cops? Maybe Molly did it off camera. These cops suck, man. These honestly, there was a moment at the end where I thought Jim wasn't real for the entire film because the cops turn up with this ridiculous scene as we see her staring at Jim, Jim staring at her again, both in this creepy, not at all romantic way. (laughs) And then tons of male cops just yes. start hassling her yes and it made me feel really weird because it was just like the scene where her friend died the girl remember that cop said something like oh yeah you should have seen the bot on that girl yes Ooh. and then Who's to this famous? one where these men all surround her and start covering her in blankets and it's just like this is yeah one of them looks really happy just to touch a woman like yeah it's- yeah like they didn't look like something just happened I mean, and they just keep accumulating and obscuring her view. And it's so weird until then she looks and Jim has disappeared. No one is noticing Jim. None of these cops, like there's people dead. There's a car crashes like all over the place. No one's going like, how? how about that creepy fucker who's standing over there staring at us? And then he disappears. And then this is all in fucking slow motion. And he just turns up again to touch her. <laughs> he just like holds his hands out and clasps her face and then they start hugging, but still no one notices him for ages. Like, not to the very end. I mean, also, Jim did say, like, I promise we won't have a good time. And you know what? We didn't. 
<laughs> that that is a valid summarization. And that should be the end, but we're still, we're gonna get the traffic cop. He's still alive. Don't worry. Everybody loves him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he picks up Jim's wife's necklace, and then we find oh, the killer's still alive too. So despite the traffic cop earlier saying very clearly, we're here to save lives, not kill them. <laughs> he then says his name, the title of his job, <laughs> which again is very very early noughties like it's so good comedy. this is my favorite moment in the whole movie you're a nightmare heaven i love <laughs> this he part shoots the killer as in front of all the cops but he goes he goes what's his name again will macklin i'm will yes. macklin traffic cop and then he ends it oh that i love that it reminded me of at the end <laughs> of get out when he's like i'm the tsa motherfucker like you know what i'm saying it's it's i'm gonna agree with you and that it's exactly like that and that's why i hate it (laughs) and that's why with get out i love get out and the end moment i fucking hate because it's like they take what's a really serious movie and they turn it into this goofy cliche and they were doing it back now in 2004 this was really old hat i'm happy happy heaven that you could get anything (laughs) out of this movie i'm happy for you this infuriates me and i'm happy to report it infuriated the director as well this was put in in post with with him saying arguing against it the produ- he didn't shoot this like this was done by the producers because they were like we need to go out on a comedy moment with the black character this is how we do things in 2004 and the director did not want this scene in at all he wanted to end on to be honest also a bad scene of the two of them yeah hugging. because like during that whole time that scene i was like well where is the traffic guy like yeah did he just disappear like they better show him again but it's like you say christina he literally murders a man in front of about 20 cars yeah you go to jail for that that man was like not gonna hurt you he he was not capable of moving he was the only one I got behind. It's like what a what our guy originally did in the Hitcher. Like he originally, you know, double tapped the the. Yeah, but you remember in the Hitcher, even he had a problem with it. He didn't want it necessarily then. And you gotta cling on to anything you can in this movie, guys. Really. <laughs> I mean that that was my only fact about the movie. By the way, my only other one is that the original test screening for this ran two hours and five minutes long. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Damn. Which, but can you imagine? I mean, this film's an hour and 20. Oh. There was 45 more minutes. What happened? Maybe we had oh, the daytime God. shoot. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, hang on. No, I did have a list of some of the stuff that happened. Hang on. Let me get that. Yeah, that you had scenes of Cray and his wife at the beginning. Uh, you had Fargo, the killer, as an able-bodied man committing murders. You got Cray in prison. You got a subplot of Macklin struggling with his superiors over his investigation and then just more scenes of molly and clay in the junkyards um which so yeah it's possible in the junkyard maybe or something maybe yeah no more are we done yet we're done that's the end honestly maybe the least amount of notes i've ever made on a movie that doesn't mean it's the worst thing we've covered it was just i got to the end i was like oh i did four pages or five pages normally i do eight to ten But that's partly because there's normally also notes involved and there's no trivia for this. So there you go. Highwaymen, 2004. Uh, Yay. I guess my only two questions, I want to know obviously how you guys felt about it, but also even if you hated it, do you see why on surface I felt we needed to include it in this series? Yeah. Yes, of course. I'm glad we watched it. Mm -hmm. Some context. Yeah. Uh, Christina, let's start with you. 
Okay, so it was definitely better than The Hitcher 2. So it was a lot more enjoyable than The Hitcher 2. I wasn't as angry throughout the whole movie as I was <laughs> last week. Right. And honestly, the beginning was just, you know, the acting in the beginning and the way the characters were being portrayed and I don't know, the length, everything was just like, uh, like so bad. But then like after the first crash scene, after finding her in the, the ladder thing up on the top, after that, I kind of like, it kind of got a little better for me and not everything was as horrible as it was before. So I enjoyed it a little bit more and the, all of the car scenes were actually really well done and, and it wasn't that bad. I mean, it was bad, but it wasn't, it wasn't, it, it was better than the Hitcher 2 for sure. Way, way, <laughs> way better. That's an accolade. So I wasn't like, you know, I, w- I felt very lucky. Hmm. You felt lucky. Yes, that it was better than the Hitcher Two. You realize you could be Jeez. doing other. You don't. You could not be reviewing any of these movies. <laughs> That's the luckiest of all. Um, and it was really interesting to see. You know, like some of the same. You know, like the same director. It was interesting to see what he did. Like I was really interested to see if it was going to be, if it was going to feel like what was going to come through from the original, but. I mean, it really, you have to have that team. You really do have to have that magic team to get something classic mm-hmm. and something that just lives for so long, like The Hitcher, something that just never, that is just holds holds its own yeah. for years and years and years. And it's interesting to see the two next to each other. Good. I'm glad. I'm glad mm-hmm. that, yeah, adds validity in the context of our series. Uh, Heaven. I'm going to jump off of like Christina's last statement like yeah you really do need that perfect duo or team to bring something together so magical because you know Hitcher to like watch Hitcher and then now watch these other films like spawning from it there's no comparison Hitcher is such a beautifully done movie and I've said this in the last like two weeks like such a perfect hero's arc and it's just so satisfying you know and it can't be you hokey sort of way but with this it's like yeah no one is gonna have a good time (laughs) and it's just so cringy and overdone and just everything just felt it was a car wreck Ooh, ooh, you see what i did there no (laughs) oh you're just shaking i saw it i saw it i saw it i didn't Um, get it walk me through it yeah, it was just, it wasn't good. I did not have a good time watching this, but I had a better time than Hitcher 2. And I have to admit, like, it was cool. Like, the the tunnel scene I really enjoyed. I thought that was, like, a cool Hitcher-type, Hitcher-esque scene. And then also, like, the car pursuit was kind of satisfying. Like, I like seeing, I like seeing the lady jump into the car. I didn't mind that. I'll suspend disbelief for that. And then... <laughs> I like the traffic cop. I'm, no, I don't have words. I don't have words for this one. Yeah. Let's watch. On to the next, you know. Let's do it. I mean, I think we're all on roughly the same page. There are different like, areas. Of, for me, yeah. Anything to do with the cars was decent to great in places. I will say like there were some moments mm-hmm. of great in some of the car moments. How those related to characters 
Um, not great. No. And the actual characters themselves, the writing for the characters, the direction for the actors, the actors that were picked, none of it works. It was all just so hokey, so overblown and so stupid. I can completely see why on paper some of them might have thought this is going to be a big, you know, cinematic or a decent cinematic release, but not in its execution at all. And this is a movie that I don't know what you do with it by the time Mm-mm. you finished, you know. Again, not because it's that bad, but just because it's like, it's just kind of stupid and dull other yeah. than a couple of little highlights and what's most frustrating is yes knowing the talent behind it knowing you've got that same musician knowing you've got the same director um, and knowing somebody's like jim can act he's not one of my favorites but he can act i don't know about rona mitra but like the, there's some good mood here in the director and i can see some elements where i can see okay this is the director of the hitcher mm-hmm. but it's just sad when you see someone again we talked about it that week Whereas like, this is a director who I think did a better job than Steven Spielberg at a subject from Jill yeah. to The Hitcher. And then you see the career Spielberg's had and how he proved he could get better than that, as well as worse. <laughs> and then you see yeah, Robert Harmon's career and it's like he never got as good as The Hitcher. Um, and I have seen, I think, all of his films. And that's a real shame. Like, it's really heartbreaking. Now, okay, that was just a magical, organic moment in time. Um, for whatever reason, you weren't ever able to replicate it again, even when you're trying to, like... Hmm. Um, so yeah I'll be interested I'm trying to make some notes on this so when we get to the end I know how to shuffle these because they're all going to blend a little bit with all of the car chasing that's happening yeah but right now I have a very easy order of what I'm placing these films in for sure oh yeah same same it's going to get more interesting as we go along because yeah we're going to next week we're going to be finishing off our Hitcher section of this series as we're going to get to the Michael Bay produced The Hitcher remake oh so we will be talking about The Hitcher again I can say this, at least, it's going to have a lot more money than anything we've seen so far. Hmm. So it's going to be glossy. It's going to be slick. Does that mean it's going to be better? Not necessarily. I'm hoping, again, I've seen these films, uh, well, I've seen the last week's, this week's, next week's, once before. I'm hoping that we're on a continual mild upward slide at the moment where it's not going to get as bad as the Hitcher 2 again. And then when we hit Joyride after that, I mean, I know I love the first Joyride, so I'm hoping we're going to like then have another nice little bump Yay. before maybe we start sliding down as no. we go for Joyride 2 and 3. I mean, it wouldn't be a podcast if we didn't slide down a little bit. You know, you got to end on a piece of shit. That's, yeah. that's the franchise way. <laughs> Gotta love roller coasters. <laughs> Thank you guys for joining me. That was a short one today. That was nice. Uh, nice. Our listeners are great. It felt long. <laughs> Much like the film. <laughs> Again, please do rate us. Please subscribe. It does help us out a lot. Uh, you can follow me on all of the social medias, on Twitter. I talk about this stuff and I talk about more of my feelings about stuff. We promote some things, get into some politics. I'm Mr. Al White on that. I'm also Mr. Al White on Instagram where I do photos and uh, I'm a little less political. You can DM me on either if you want to shout abuse. And I'm also Mr. Al White on Xbox if you want to play some video games and on PlayStation and I've got a code on Switch, which I put up on Twitter, so you can check it out. There, come visit my island on Animal Crossing because I've done very little on it. Uh, but Katie's done a lot on hers. Nice. She's doing some good, good crossing of the animals, Heaven, let me tell you. I want to play this uh, Animal Crossing, but I don't have a Switch. And they sold out. You can get the light, but you can't get the <gasps> They sold animal. out? <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, isolation time. Everyone bought up Switches. Wow. <laughs> sure. Because of, because of Animal Crossing, pretty much. It's, it's been seen as like, yeah, a nice anti- anti- antidote. Wow. Wow. Heaven, where can people uh, send you pictures of their islands for Animal Crossing to make you feel sad? 
I'm not really active on Twitter, but you could find me at Heaven Devera. I'm also looking to purchase a motorcycle, so if you guys have any leads, send me a DM. Um, maybe I'll start doing Ideally collages. Ideally in LA. Huh? Ideally in LA, I'm guessing. Whoa, what happened? Oh, you guys are still there. Yeah, anyways, find me on at Twitter <laughs> on Heaven Devera. Sorry. I had you freak a out moment. Quick. I know. Uh, yeah, on to the next. Christina. Where can they find yeah, you? <laughs> I am on Instagram and Twitter and it's underscore hi Christina. That's it. Thank you guys for joining me. I appreciate it. Uh, we'll see you both next Friday when we cover the Hitcher remake. And we're out. Geeks. Geeks. Geeks.